0: Hello world again. It's so good to be back with you and today is a very, very, very special day because I'm welcoming Suze with us today, live from Singapore. Hello Suze, how are you doing?
1: Hello, Lohong. Hello world. I'm good. I'm really excited to be here. Check this out. I even have my shirt made for this and it's in purple.
0: Oh, this is really next level. I, I love that, and you need to tell me where I can order one of those uh, one of those shirts. So, Suze, you are based in Singapore, like I said. Why don't tell you? Why don't you tell us a little bit more? Sorry, I'm so excited uh, about uh, Singapore, the region where you are, and uh, and I, actually, it's the middle of the night for you, right?
1: Yes, that's right. Um, Singapore is actually a small island. It's south of Malaysia. So basically, we're a city that never sleeps. So it's two thirty a m um now. um, but yeah, well, I think most of us are wide awake. um and pretty much we are diverse. We have good food, and the hawker ch- culture is really
0: rich, oh, my God, the food tell me about it. I you know, as you know, I'm in Southeast Asia a lot, and I, I really love these foods. This is absolutely fantastic. So um, today, we have a great show. We have quite a few segments. Uh, why don't you uh, tell us more about the agenda today?
1: Sure. We have the OSS Spotlight with Aaron Whistling. Um, we'll learn more about multipass. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the first time on Hello World, we also have This Week on Channel 9 with Christina Warren. And um, we do have an audience challenge with Jeremiah Dooley. And finally, we have hashtag talk with Burke.
0: That's awesome. And so a lot of uh, first today, first uh, show for you. And also, uh, we welcome Christina today. Uh, Let's go to news, because last week was Ignite. And I don't know for you, but like we said, we are in a a little bit in a difficult time zone. You in Singapore time zone, right, which is uh, uh, middle of the night now, and me in Central European time zone. Basically, when Ignite starts, it's end of my work day, and many of the sessions go deep into the night, right? and so i want to point the point the uh, the viewers to the fact that we have a new page and this page is called docs.microsoft.com/events and this is a, a place where you can go and you can find all the videos from ignite and there are something like 280 videos at the moment um everything is uh, can be seen on demand just like you want and the cool thing also is that in the viewer, in the player, you can also choose uh, up to 17 different languages for captions. And so that's really good. If you don't totally understand uh, English, you can do that. Um, so uh, keep an eye on those videos. And there is also a location where you can download the videos if you want to play them uh, you know, on your TV or something like that. It's also uh, possible to do that. So again, docs.microsoft.com slash events. Uh, this is where you can go to see all the content from Ignite. Um, So Suze, what uh, news do you have for us uh, maybe from the APAC region?
1: Mm, that's right we actually do have Ignite China coming up it's happening Mm -hmm. on March 18 and 19 so the CTO of Microsoft China will actually be interviewing uh, our key customers talking more about their digital transformation journey and so if you're actually interested to find out more about best practices and um, what's happening around the China space you can actually register for Ignite China the link is here aka.ms Ignite China 21 Um, so yeah the sessions will be conducted in Madrid. so just um, just note on that <laughs> yep and um, you know if you have actually missed any of our show or want to find out more about Hello Wall um, do check out the link aka.ms hello World.
0: Yeah that's great and there you have all the uh, show notes so you will find all the links that we are going to tell you uh, during this show but you can also watch all the episodes uh, going all the way back to episode number 1 um, so something that you can catch on So now we will go to the OSS spotlight segment and we will talk to Aaron Wezen about multipass so, hey, Aaron, it's great to have you back on the show. Last week, we talked about an OSS Spotlight, which was called Dapper. And today we are going to talk about Multipass. So, uh, you know, tell me more about Multipass. What is it and how can I use it?
2: Yes, fantastic. Thanks, Laurent. Uh, Multipass is an open source project and it's a CLI tool for spinning out virtual machines on your local development box. It hmm. runs Ubuntu local, uh, virtual machines. Uh, it's developed by Canonical. And it allows you to bring up these virtual machines very, very quickly and in an automated way. So it's great for development environments. It's great for any time you want to run stuff inside of Linux uh, to install all your different tools It can be used for development, or also for getting parity with the cloud, For virtual machines that you may want to later run inside of the cloud so you can iterate on them and work on them locally and all that sort of thing. And it works across Windows, it works across Mac and it works across Linux as well. So it's very powerful if you've got a group of people who are working across lots of different machines, but they all need to kind of standardize on Linux for their work.
0: Oh, I see. So it's interesting because it sounds a little bit similar to something I actually used, uh, which is called the Windows Subsystem for Linux, or we abbreviate that to WSL, right? So how would you compare it? And, and when, y- when would you use each of those?
2: Yeah, I'm a big fan of WSL, so I use WSL mm-hmm. on my Windows machine a lot. I use that for all my sort of base development tools that I run on my machine. So I might be running Go and Rust and Python and all the things that I use day to day, like the Azure CLI and so forth. Um, it's I tend to look at for WSL for all my development tasks and everything that I want to run on Linux on top of my local machine. Whereas uh, cloud, uh, sorry, MultiPass gives me that parity with something that I might want to run in the cloud, or I want to be able to run a service and I can debug and test all the things just as I would run them elsewhere. Similar to a way that I would use containers, but in targeting VMs instead.
0: Oh, I see, and we all know that containers are very precious for development today. So how would multipass work in my day-to-day development workflow?
2: So, if you have a repository where you have your code and things that you want to work on for a particular project, this might be a service in your organization, or it might be something that you want other people to run and to be able to hack on. Uh, you can use CloudInit uh, in sorry, MultiPass in conjunction with something called CloudInit, which is the standard for spinning up virtual machines in the cloud, uh, on premises, and also now locally with MultiPass. So, you, it's mm-hmm. a YAML-based format, also developed by Canonical. It's an open source project, uh, but it can just run bash scripts if you want to. So you can build programming languages, all of that kind of stuff. And that uh, you know, can bootstrap your machine, bootstrap your VM, and then you can run it locally. And with a single command, multipass pass launch, uh, you can use CloudNet to spin up one of these VMs and then you're up and running. And it's very good when you want things to be disposable. So these things pop up, you can run something, work on something, tear it down. Uh, you don't need to use those resources on your local machine for a long time. Uh, if you're running a big Kubernetes install or something like that, you can turn that down so you can save some resources on your laptop.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, that sounds really precious. So uh, how can I get started with Multipass? What is the first thing I should try?
2: Fantastic. Well, we have some docs. Uh, that, but there's multipass.run, which is the landing page for uh, multipass itself, and you can go to canonical/multipass on GitHub as well. But I have a landing page, uh, aka.ms/hello-oss, which has all of these resources, links to CloudNet and the docs, as well as two sample projects. One for spinning up. Uh, Dapper inside of MultiPass, which has a cloud in it and a bash scripts for installing Dapper, Go, a few other dependencies and things. So you can have a look at what we were talking about last week. And -hmm. also another project for working with Kato, which is the Kubernetes uh, event-driven autoscaler, which is uh, another open source project that we support and is community-driven. And that runs Kubernetes and Go and K9s and a bunch of other things as well. So you can just get up and running with two commands and you can try it out. And fantastic. you can also extend these for your own projects as well. So I forgot to mention that. Right, fantastic. So if
0: you go to akms hello-OSS to get started. Thank you so much, Aaron. It was fascinating. And we'll see you next time for another OSS Spotlight. Back to you, Suze. Thanks, Lauren.
1: Hi, thanks, Lauren. That was actually very good, um, you know, learning on like how to use MultiPass. I thought that was pretty good um, and insightful. So next up, we actually do have Christina Warren. She's going to share with us um, the developer gen- uh, news on this week on um, Channel 9. Awesome. Thank you Hi, so Chris. much, Suze. Hey, Suze. Yep. How are you? I'm great. So it's really great to have you um, on the show for the first time. So I'll let you take it away right away. Awesome, awesome. Well, I do a show called the speak on channel
3: nine, where I basically go through a lot of the news and things that are happening in the developer and the IT pro space. And um, we figured that we'd give this a shot on Hello World. So my shirt uh, this week, I'm wearing my Microsoft Ignite flight jackets, which is very important. And I'm wearing a dashboard confessional t shirt. So those are those things. But let's get into the dev news real quickly. So the first thing I want to start with is Microsoft Ignite. And as Susan Laurent mentioned, at the top of the the show that was last week we had an amazing time there was so much news i'm not going to be able to get through all of it you can go to myignite.microsoft.com if you want to catch up on all the sessions there's so much good stuff but i did want to go through a couple of high level highlights because there was some stuff that was just really really good so the first thing i want to talk about is project bicep this is now at version um, 0.3 and that means that it is ready to use in production and if you're not familiar project bicep is Basically, the next generation of ARM templates. So it's Microsoft's infrastructure as code system, and they've basically created a brand new language to be able to write basically ARM templates. And um, it's now ready to use in production. So there's a great session from Brendan Burns um, at Ignite and at Microsoft Night, and check this out on github if you want to get started with the next generation of arm templates like i said you can use it in production now and the next thing i want to talk about is power fx and so there was a lot of news around the power platform at microsoft ignite but power fx is the thing that really got me excited and this is a brand new programming language built for people who build power apps so this is built for like low code no code people and you might be wondering well why would why would we need a programming language? You know, I thought that was the whole point. We don't want to do that. Well, it turns out that most people who are building in Power Apps, many of them have a huge familiarity with Microsoft Excel. And so uh, the the team has taken the Microsoft Excel syntax and basically made that more robust. And it's, it's going to be developed um, in the open and open source. And this is going to be a way where you can build applications. You can still do things the normal Power Apps way, but now if you did need to edit something, if you wanted to open something up in that code editor and you wanted to kind of have that next generation way to connect what you're doing in Power Apps with, you know, someone who might be um, more advanced on the developer side, have this great language and it's all based around Excel, which millions and millions of people, probably a billion people know. So that's really awesome. The next thing I wanted to talk about also in kind of the Power App space is Power Automate Desktop is now available for free for Windows 10 users, even home users. And so uh, Windows Insiders are going to be getting this built into Windows 10 in the next couple of updates. But um, in the past, if you wanted to run Power Desktop Automate, which is a way where you can basically have really, it's kind of like a macro on steroids option. But if you wanted to use that locally on your machine, you had to pay. Now it's going to be available for free when run locally. It's really awesome. So you definitely want to check that out if you're into automating all the things, and and who isn't. And the next thing I wanted to talk about in some non-Microsoft Ignite news were some updates we got from um, some of our favorite products. So the first thing is that Visual Studio Code uh, 1.54, this is the February 2021 release, is now available. This adds a couple of new features. One of the features is the fact that the integrated terminal now kind of maintains its state after a restart. So if there was a certain UI setup that you you had um, that will um, be uh, kept intact when there's a restart, whether it's from a plugin or something else from a reload. There's also some updates to accessibility, the Apple Silicon builds are now native and uh, available for everyone. And there are now, I think, some, um, some new project icons and theming. So, product icons and theming rather. So, a bunch of new updates. And you definitely want to check that out at, at uh, 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 code.visualstudio.com. And the next update I wanted to talk about is the Windows Terminal, which is one of my favorite applications. The Windows Terminal 1.7 preview is available now. And so that means that. Version 1.6, which was the preview last month, is now the main version. And you can actually get both for both the preview and kind of the, the regular release from both the Microsoft Store and from GitHub. And Windows Terminal 1.7 has a bunch of new features around how windowing works. So it's kind of perfect for you know Windows Terminal. And, and that includes things like being able to have a read-only uh, pane, which can be really useful depending on what sort of output you want, um, automatically detecting state and, and hover state for, for, for mice. And, even being able to add, um, you know, uh, one of a, a new window to kind of your existing layout um, within Windows Terminal. So there's a bunch of new features. They've also made some additions to how the uh, settings UI is working because that's still in preview. Really good stuff. And finally, I wanted to talk about my pick of the week, which is the Microsoft Mesh platform. This was one of the big surprises, I think, for all of us at Microsoft Ignite. This is a new platform, which is basically going to allow people to use you know mixed reality in real world and virtual scenarios. Um, the demo was really awesome. It looked like they were inside a Sega Genesis game from 1996, I loved it. And um, I'm really excited about this. So this was my pick of the week. Back to you, Susan Laurent
0: amazing 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 this is really a lot of news and so if uh, somebody didn't catch everything you can just go to aka.ms hello world and we'll put everything in the show notes thank you so much christina it's so good to have you and we'll have you again next week right
3: yes see you next week absolutely
0: awesome
1: right so next up we have the audience challenge let's chat with jeremiah now to find out more about this week's challenge
4: very exciting i'm excited hello everybody how are you Fantastic. Hi. It's so, nice to have you. It's nice to see you as well. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So, this week we've got um, another audience challenge. And for those of you who didn't see last week, the audience challenge is the place where we collect your stories about different pieces of tech around the Microsoft ecosystem. This week, we're going to talk about Active Directory. And Active Directory is one of those foundational components whether you know it, whether you uh, like it, whether you love it, whether you struggle with it at times, it's one of those things that's really critical to any Microsoft ecosystem, whether it's in the cloud or whether it's on premises. Identity management, just in general, has been something that's been super important ever since we took two people and tried to get them to use the same system. Right? We need to know that you are who you say you are. We need to make sure that we've got the you know resources. Uh, attached to you, and really, if we think about it, the the core of Active Directory was the 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 um, you know LDAP, which I think we saw the first RFCs for that like back before I was born. So uh, this is a technology that has been around for a long time, and Active Directory is the way that that Microsoft brings that out. Now, the interesting part is that over time we've added way more functionality to that core identity management. So these days, Active directory provides just a huge amount of of services. So whether it's um, replication, whether it's certificate management, there's a huge set of directory-based services uh, that we can use in addition to a really extensible schema that can integrate into almost anything. And of course, with that kind of flexibility, you have the uh, ability to get yourself into a lot of trouble And that's some of those stories that we want to be able to hear from our viewers today, Suze.
1: Right. And so last week, you had a really cool story about firewalls. So I'm supposing that you will have a really fun one this time around for Active Directory.
4: Yeah, we were talking about it. As someone who ran managed services for a co location facility for a whole bunch of years, there are a huge number of stories that are fun to be able to share with everyone. On Active Directory, I think one of my favorites was, we got a call from a film studio who said that they were having trouble replicating files and so we thought this is pretty straightforward this is uh you know one of the core features of active directory is being able to replicate file systems back and forth and we logged in and what we found was that they weren't using a file system they were actually using the profile pictures that were attached to active directory users and They were making edits to these pictures and then just updating the user profile and then letting Active Directory replicate those around to all of the different studios. And it took us a fair amount of time both to figure out what they had broken with trying to upload these gigantic photos as profile pictures, but then also to kind of teach them the right way to use Active Directory in order to be able to do what it was that they were trying to do.
1: <clears throat> Gosh, I can't imagine what what a nightmare it must have been.
4: Yeah, Active Directory certainly is one of those ones that can get crazy. And because Active Directory can do almost anything, people will use it for absolutely everything. And so that's our challenge today. I want to hear what's the zaniest thing you've ever seen Active Directory used for? We're going to tweet that out. It should be live. You can see it on the screen. It should be on Twitter uh, from the Learn TV. Uh, Twitter account. And what I want to hear is the absolute most ridiculous story that you have around Active Directory breaking, um, around Active Directory not doing what it was supposed to, about Active Directory integrating with something that got messed up, uh, I'm particularly looking at all of you uh, Exchange users out there who are still working in places where we're updating the uh, the schema directly. Anything and everything, I want to hear those stories. And then tomorrow, we're going to take the best of those stories and we're going to read them on the air and we're going to share those out with the rest of the audience.
1: Right. And I can't wait to see the responses. So thank you so much, Jeremiah. Yep. Thank let's you, have Lohong. Yep, back onto the screen. Hey, Lohong. Are you there? <laughs>
0: I'm there. I'm there. And I just learned a new world, uh, a new word today, which is zanius, So I didn't know that. And you can count on Jeremiah to always teach you new things. So this is really cool. That's awesome. So now we are going to go uh, to Burke and we are going to see what amazing videos he found on TikTok this week. How exciting.
5: Hey, folks. Welcome to Code Talk Talk. A place, your sorry, a weekly roundup rather. It is a place, but it's also a weekly roundup of tips, tricks, and triviality from TikTok, a place to learn, a place to laugh, a place to lose two hours of your life without realizing it. I'm your host. My name is Burke. I'm still wearing a sport coat. Uh, and I'm not sorry about that. I have a sport coat. I want to wear it. I'm wearing a sport coat. We've got some great uh, talks for you this week. And last week, we were supposed to have a special guest on, Scott Hanselman. We ran out of time. Uh, I sent him an email to apologize. He didn't respond. And so as an act of contrition, I'd like to play one of his talks first. So here's Scott giving you the rundown on one of his favorite books.
6: Roll that video. Hey, friends. A lot of you have asked questions about data structures and algorithms, which are things that programmers have to do and learn. And this is a great book called A Common Sense Guide to Data Structures and Algorithms. It's from the Pragmatic Programmers. And it's really great because it's very visual. It includes code from JavaScript and Python. It talks about why data structures matter, why algorithms matter. I like it a lot because it has a lot of visual diagrams. It's not just a book full of code. It explains very, very clearly how trees work, how arrays work, how hash tables work. And it's very important to note that this isn't Language specific data structures and algorithms and how things move around inside a computer are not language specific, these are concepts that you'll be using whether you're using C, Python, Ruby, or whatever. And this is a really great book, it's very visual, but it also uses source code to show you how to do things like sorting trees. You're going to use this stuff all the time, so definitely check out a common sense guide to data structures and algorithms.
5: Looks handy, I might pick that up myself, but. Uh, I already know everything there is to know about data structures and algorithms because I don't at all. All right. Speaking of data structures and algorithms, uh, I've got an interesting one this week from Jen Looper. And in this one, she is playing in the leaves. Yes. And teaching you about arrays, which is a data structure, right? It is. But how can you teach somebody about arrays with leaves? I don't know. Roll the video. <laughs> So that's Jen Looper. She's the JavaScript auntie on TikTok. You should follow her. I should also point out that Scott Hanselman is Shanselman on TikTok, just like he is everywhere else on the internet. So follow both of those folks and follow the Code Talk hashtag as well if you want to check out some of these yourself. Okay. Next up, I know what your favorite thing to do is, and that's write HTML. And I know that's your favorite thing because it's my favorite thing. And when I have free time, I write some HTML. Uh, So if you'd like to write your HTML faster, this next video is just for you. Go ahead and roll it.
6: Here's a quick tip to work with HTML files. In an empty HTML file, you can type in an exclamation point, and this will trigger an Emmet abbreviation. Emmet is a neat tool built into VS code that scaffolds out HTML files for you. You can also use it to expand out nested elements like this. Hi, TikTok. Now I can use the browser preview extension to preview what my HTML file will look like right in VS Code. Nice, there we go. Try it out yourself today.
5: Nice. So that's Emmett, check that out in VS Code. We're running out of time, but we only need a few seconds for this last one. Roll that last video.
6: Oh, it's five o'clock. Candace, you ready? Martina, you ready? All
5: right, girls, let's hit the road. That's Mate Code, and I have no idea what device that is. Can someone please tell me? It's kind of cool. With that, we're out of time for this week. We'll see you next week on Code Talk Talk. Back to you, Laurent and Suze.
0: Awesome! Thank you so much, Burke. It was really cool. Um, and so uh, everybody can see all the videos that you show. That ak.ms/code talk and also, of course, ak.ms/hello world. I want to just take one second uh, to say hi to all our viewers. I was checking the chat, and uh, I see uh, quite a few people who are commenting. Uh, Somebody was saying that they love seeing Singapore represented. So Sue, that's for you, right? This is awesome. Um, Steve was asking, what is the link for the Ignite videos? And so this is docs.microsoft.com slash events. Uh, And if you do that, uh, you will be able to see all those videos. So let's recap uh, what we saw today, because we are already at the end of the show. It goes so fast. First of all, we saw the OSS spotlight with Aaron Wiesling. We talked about multipass. And you can visit akms hello-oss to learn everything about that. Hey, Aaron. Um, then after that, we had, the, um, we had this week in Channel 9 with Christina Warren. Christina, welcome to the show. And we'll see you again next week. This is absolutely great to have you here. Uh, we also talked about the audience, audience challenge uh, and this week it was about Active Directory and so on Twitter you can go there and you will find the tweet. It's uh, under the hashtag Hello World Challenge. Um, and finally, Burke with Talk and all the videos and more at akms slash And Suze, uh, do you want to close for us?
1: Mm, sure. So um, don't forget to register for Ignite China if you're planning to do so. It's aka.ms Ignite China 21. Um, all notes are actually available after this session on aka.ms Hello World as well. So if you've actually missed the previous episodes, do check in on aka.ms Hello World. Um, so tomorrow, we'll have another edition of Hello World with Amy and Dean from the UK. So Lauren, are you there?
0: <laughs> I am still there, absolutely. So we are going to uh, be at the end of the show. I want to uh, give a great thank you to all our guests today, all our hosts, and uh, as well as, of course, all the viewers. And uh, you can, uh, everybody stay tuned because right now on Learn TV, we are going to have Philippe Wooton from DocuVision who is coming up next. Uh, stay tuned with us for other episodes of Hello World. This is a daily show. Every day at uh, 10 30 a.m. if you're in the uh, Pacific region in the US. And if you're in uh, Central Europe like me, it will be at uh, 7 30 p.m. And we also have a rerun Suze, right? This is uh, the yes, next day.
1: Right. Yep, it's at 9 30 Singapore time.
0: Mm-hmm, absolutely. So another chance to catch us up. So thank you all much, amazing host, amazing guest. And we'll see you next time on Hello World.